Hey there, this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports. So I'm breaking down what's happening in the esports industry, talking with great guests, influencers, and tracking their personal and professional journeys to see how all of that has influenced where they are now. And in the end, I hope you're inspired. And so with that, welcome to All In With Esports. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of All In With Esports. It's good to have you back with me again. Thank you so much for all the follows and comments on social media. I try to see all of them and I try to react to them, and I really appreciate it. We are having so much fun bringing these shows to you across so many different platforms. Of course, you can find us on esportsfutureye.com, Twitter. That's where I do a lot of my interaction. I'm, I'm a Twitter guy, okay? And then Facebook, of course, we see those, Instagram. And there are just so many different ways for you guys to reach out to us. We're just excited about all the growth happening here at Map Esports. And of course, our podcast network, which is the first to launch uh, of many launches that are coming our way. We've got multiple shows across the platform, people who are just so sharp with sales and technology and all the different things happening with all the different games. I mean, we love all of it. So hope you're enjoying it as well. And I know I am uh, just on a massive learning curve. But the one thing about it for me is just the ability to do the storytelling. And that's what I love the most is storytelling, getting to know who some of these gamers are, the people involved in the industry. That's really where my show is focused. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm stealing from my Olympic training to really bring that storytelling. And I hope you're enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying giving it to you. All right, let me settle down here because I got a lot on my mind for this episode. And I promise there is an esports connection. It's coming. But let me ask you guys something. As, as you move through life, you know, personally, professionally, are there not moments that occur or people that cross your path and are there moments and people that stay with you? I know that's the case for me after, you know, 25 years in broadcasting, that's really the case. And, you know, oftentimes there's an impact that you just can't, or you really shouldn't dismiss you. You shouldn't let go of it because it, it meant something. And I bet all of you in the esports world get that. Maybe there's somebody that's crossed your path or a situation that you just don't forget it. You can't let it go. And you shouldn't because there's something that came from that that has been meaningful for your life, either personally or professionally. And in this episode, I'm going to introduce you to someone whose situation had an impact on my career and my life. And I mean big time. And I know that it impacted a lot of other people that were around me on this particular day. And I want you to get to know this person and get to know the story. But honestly, it's tough for me to explain in this format. And so the best way for me to get you to understand what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about, is to ask you to stop listening right now to this podcast, okay, and open another browser. And I want you to go to usatf.org. That's USA Track and Field's main website, usatf.org, okay? Scroll down to almost the bottom of the splash page. And look for a photo of a young man named Kimoy Campbell. Then I want you to hit the button and I want you to watch the feature Gift of Life. Okay? So once again, usatrackandfield.org. Scroll down to almost the bottom of the splash page. Look for that young man, Kimoy Campbell. He's looking kind of to the right. And hit the button. And I want you to watch that feature. It's about uh, five minutes. And then when you come back, you'll understand what this is all about, all right? So there'll be a timestamp right at the bottom of this, and you'll be able to see where to pick this back up. But I want you to take a listen and just absorb it all, and we'll talk in a minute. Okay, so I hope most of you were able to watch that feature and 
get a sense of where I might be going with this today, a story that had massive impact on an event, on all the people in the arena, on me, but the most important impact it had was on Kimoy's life and the wife of and the life of his then fiance Rachel, now his wife. And it is just something that is just hard to understand unless you're standing there in the moment like we were. And I will always have so much respect for Kamoy because of his courage to be able to come back to the venue, face the place where he literally died. Okay. And thankfully to the people came to his rescue and got CPR started. And then of course the defibrillator came out and there was just the right medical attention at the right time. The people stepped in at the right moment to give him the chance to be able to move forward. Unfortunately, not anymore as a track and field athlete, but he now has another mission in life. And, and I think he's going to do a great job at that. This, this is one of those moments in my career that I just will never forget. And, and, there, and there are a few that I will never be able to let go of. I remember Kathy Freeman, the Aboriginal Australian who won the gold medal in the Sydney Olympics in 2000. That was an overwhelming moment because we knew that an entire continent had stopped to watch this young woman race where four years beforehand after the 96 games, when she had won bronze in the 400, she was expected to win gold. So she carried this backpack of pressure around for four years, not just for the country of Australia, but for her, her, her Aboriginal people as well. And somehow after all that pressure, after lighting the cauldron at those opening ceremony of the, of the Sydney games, making it through the rounds, getting to the finals. And then she was able to come around that track and win. And, and I mean, 110,000 people in that stadium, the place just shook. It was unbelievable. Those That was a moment where even those of us as broadcasters who were there in a position just to call the meet were in tears because we were overwhelmed by the, by the emotion of the moment. I remember working the 2002 Winter Games uh, the next uh, two years later, and I was uh, sent to the bobsled venue to cover that for the day. And Prince Albert was coming down in the Monaco sled, and he flipped a sled. Prince Albert in the sled driving, and the sled flipped. And it was him and three other guys behind him. And they slid forever upside down. And I just began to think about all the tragic things that had happened in the Grimaldi family or in the family of his, where, you know, his mother, Grace Kelly, tragically dying on a road there in Monaco. And I'd known Prince Albert because of competing uh, in the principality. And he's just an unbelievable gentleman, great guy, loves sport. And to see his sled sliding down the track upside down with his guys in it, I was just praying that nothing had happened to him. And thankfully he got out. He was upset. <laughs> And he gave me a great interview and I'll never forget that moment, but it scared me to death. But it was a moment I'll never forget. There's another one, the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. And we were covering the uh, training runs for the luge. And a young man came down the track and lost control of his sled at the end and sadly hit the embankment, flipped out and hit a girder. And, and he was killed. I have a hard time with names, but I will never forget the name Nodar Kumari Tashvili. Nodar Kumar Tashvili lost his life on the other side of the world from the Republic of Georgia in the Eastern Bloc of, of Europe. Kid lost his life trying to live his dream, his Olympic dream. No family there, no nobody. And, and he died. And we had to cover that. And it was devastating. I remember going back behind the, um, going back behind the um, production office after that happened. And I called my wife and I said, hug our kids. I said, because some parents just lost their son here at the Olympic Games and they're not here to be with him. It was devastating. It was devastating. And, you know, the, the memorials popped up all over Vancouver and his face was everywhere. And I promise you, if there's one guy who has a hard time with names sometimes, and it seems crazy to say that, it's me. <laughs> I'll mess up a name in a minute. 
but I'll never forget Nodar Kumar Chashvili from the Republic of Georgia. And then, you know, you have people like Usain Bolt who just, who just came on the stage and just lit up the world, just lit up the world. I've never seen somebody walk into an arena and change an entire venue. He walked in and the whole place just lit up. Energy changed. I mean, he just had so much fun. A supernatural talent that goes beyond understanding who knew how to train and get it right at the right time with his coach. And they come out there on the track and he set record after record, gold after gold, world record after world record. And he made history, nine Olympic gold medals. The first athlete ever to go back to back to back, a gold in the 100, 200, four by one. We called it the triple, triple. And it was incredible. So Usain Bolt was just, just incredible. And, you know, it's hard to top the, that type of a performance. But then on February 9th, 2019, at the Milrose Games at the Armory in New York City, we were covering a race. And there was a young man who you already seen, Kamoy Campbell there, who was there to rabbit the race. Now, rabbit, you may not understand that here in America, but overseas they do. That's what I did as well. And uh, Kamoy was leading that race. And then at some point, as you saw, he collapsed. And that's when the story changed. Everything changed for his life and for those of us covering it. And I, I just admire Kamoy for his courage to go back there and tell us the story and tell us what it meant and to be able to take that final lap where he could walk around and, and get that proper retirement. I, I love the fact that he did that. And um, it was just something. And Kamoy is with us now. And man, it's great to be able to talk to you again, Kamoy. And, and I hope you understand how much your story has in, impacted me and inspired me. But I think it's hopefully inspired a lot of people. And it's just great to, to be able to talk with you again. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, by the way. It's, it's been tough. It's been a tough like couple of months with COVID and everything, but um, trying my best, trying to stay positive. And I think that's all we can do right now, honestly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So for those who watched the feature, they saw, you know, the things that happened and, and sort of the process of how it all worked out. But, you know, since then, we've kind of kept in touch and, and, and physically, medically, you know, with what you're comfortable revealing, you know, how, how are you doing? What's, what, what's been happening? So for now, I'm going to have a procedure done on ablation starting April 15. And what they've realized is that when I fell in New York, I had active inflammation in my heart. Now it's scar tissue that's left from mm -hmm. the active inflammation. And I had 13 arrhythmias not too long ago. And they had, I got shocked 13 times while standing. So <laughs> that didn't feel comfortable at all. And my mentally goodness. that has been on me, but it decided that the best, the next course of action is just to go in um, try to burn off the scar tissue that's causing the, it, um, all these problems. Mm -hmm. And from there, I guess I'll just find a therapist who can help me kind of recover from it. Right. So you said a couple of things I want to make sure people understand. In the piece, you showed us the the uh, device that was placed under your skin, you know, on the kind of the the, the left or the right side, your, your left, left side, side. left yeah. side of your, of your chest wall there. And there's a wire that runs to your heart so that in case your heart gets out of rhythm, this device will shock your heart to try to get back into normal sinus rhythm, rhythm correct? Yeah, that's correct. But I was mountain biking. You were doing what? I was mountain biking sometime last year. <laughs> Wait, were you supposed to be doing that? I mean, they told me I could do some form of exercise, but okay. they didn't really tell me like not to go hard or whatever. And it was sometime last year, I think. Mm -hmm. I went out mountain biking and I was mountain biking with some friends, kind of went too hard. And that's where I got my first shot. 
And after I got that, I ended up in the hospital, hospital again. And they had, they basically took out the subcutaneous device, the one that was in my side. Mm-hmm. And had to put a one that's in my heart right now with a pacemaker. Okay, so you now have the pacemaker in your heart now. Okay, yeah. all right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal something here to the people who are listening. This is an audio only recording, but you and I are on Zoom, so I can see you. And I wish you all could see Kamoy's face when I began to ask him, was he supposed to be mountain biking? Because you had that look on your face, like, well, maybe not, but you know, <laughs> I just I know you had to give up your career as a runner or what have you. You love activity. But I mean, you must be driving Rachel, your wife now, crazy with your choices to go out and co- do something. And I guess I understand it, but how how are you dealing with all this? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying my best to deal with it now. I mean, for now, I haven't been, I haven't been able to do much since mm. my 13 arrhythmias. They have me on some medication right now. I'm iodoron. I'm iodoron is very dangerous in the sense that it, damage it's toxic to your liver lungs and thyroid okay so it's not a long-term medication so what they're trying to do is have me on i'm iodorant until the ablation mm-hmm. and then i'll be taking it three months after that <laughs> but i've been handling that better i'm not gonna say like <laughs> i'm i've 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 realized now that we are as human beings we de- we do tend to have mental issues if we don't talk about it. Right. If we don't have ways of like helping ourselves. Because right. for instance, after I had the 13 arrhythmias, I had a hard time. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to move around. Like I was so scared I was going to have get shocked again. Started having panic attacks where it happened while I was in the bathroom showering. And I remember coming from the hospital that day and, all I had to do was just walk to the bathroom and I started freaking out, like breathing heavy, heart rates rising super quickly. I thought I was going to have an arrhythmia. And at that point, I figured Rachel, my wife, is there trying to calm me down. She looks scared as hell. Mm. And understandably, I am scared as hell. And then she's telling me, like, don't worry, it's, an, it's a panic attack. It's a panic attack. The medication mm-hmm. that they give you is supposed to help. It's like the strongest one. And she's telling me all that. But at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to get shot. So it's, it's been tough, especially now it has been tougher. But back then, I was just, I guess they didn't tell me that I couldn't exercise. So I would go out, like, with my mountain bike and... I kind of overdid it where I was going two times a week sometimes. And when I was by myself, I would always kind of take it slow. But when I was with people, I'd always go super hard and get my heart rate up way too much. And I kind of learned my lesson from there on. Yeah, when, I, yeah. I, I guess you did. We're talking with Kimoy Campbell, who is a Jamaican distance runner, retired based on a medical situation that happened with his heart during a competition. Of course, some of you who are just joining it, you'll need to go back to usatrackandfield.org, usatf.org, and look at the feature that was done on him and now retired and, of course, trying to figure out how to balance out competing and not competing and doing some sort of activity, which is going to lead us to esports. Okay, so... If you love competition, which I know you do, and you can't go out and do the long distance stuff like you used to, then maybe you can spend more time with esports. So what's your game? What do you enjoy playing? And and are you able to maybe find a little bit of that competitive edge and fun 
that's not the same as running, but maybe something. Yeah, definitely. So the games that I do play right now, um, mostly car games, a lot mm-hmm. of racing games, because I find them kind of challenging. By no means I'm the best in the world at these because I've seen some of the times that these guys drop on those um, tracks and stuff. So I even got the racing cheer. I got my steering wheel. So Oh, I'm, you got the whole get up. I got the whole get up, yeah. <laughs> and I do a lot of racing. So that I've been like playing a lot. My wife loves Lego superheroes too. So okay. it forces me to play that sometimes. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been all nice for me. I would say it's a it's a distraction for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially at this moment where I'm always in my head thinking like, oh, could it happen this time? So I usually use the game as a as a means of like therapy where I kind of get it, get out of my head and compete against some people and try my best just to win. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I've met so many people doing this show now and being involved with esports for a little bit more than a year. And, you know, coming from the sport that we are familiar with, track and field, you always find competitive people, right? Well, it's the same thing over in this world of esports, and it's another way to compete. And the difference may be that, you know, you could have been a competitor like we were up until your 20s or 30s or whatever it is, and then you got to stop. And in the world of esports, you can do it from the age of three or four or five all the way to you till you're gone. You know, exactly. people, you can yep. do it forever. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> and it's it's crazy because even, for instance, um, when Fortnite came out, that's a very competitive game. When that came out, I tried it like, I tried it twice. And I realized there were people out there who were just insane at this game. So I decided like, ah, you know what? I love competing, but these guys are way ahead of me. Like, it's it's never fun being the noob in the game where all of a sudden everyone's coming at you. So I figured, you know what? In car racing, like, you're always in control. Like, for instance, you, you just know if you're driving as well as you're supposed to, you're yeah. going to win. Like, <laughs> yeah, so with competing in, like, shooter games where you have, like, Fortnite call of duty all those different games sometimes i play them but sometimes i'm like yeah this is kind of too much for me (laughs) yeah yeah can be crazy now i'm sure all of you can hear the the accent kimora's from jamaica originally and do you know what's happening with in terms of gaming in jamaica do you do you you ever play against anybody uh from back home i mean never really one of the guys that actually invited me to play with them on this new game that they have was justin knight his parents is Jamaican. His mom's Jamaican, and I think his dad's from Barbados. He has invited me to play FIFA as well, but <laughs> terrible at FIFA. And okay. I, I'm probably the only Jamaican that's terrible at FIFA. Those right, exactly, because there, everybody yeah. down there is into, into, oh, into yeah. football or soccer, you know, yeah. Yeah, they're good at it. They're really good at it. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, you, 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 lost, you lost your island uh, stripes, man. You lost your island cred. What's going I on? <laughs> I know, I know. I remember when we were at, I think it was... Beijing and they had the video games around and oh no the Jamaicans brought their own video games and they played FIFA for the whole day mm-hmm. and asked me if I wanted to play and I was just like oh, guys I think I'll just I'll just stay away from that one like I don't right. want to get like 12 nil right now so right. yeah it, it, it's funny they love they love that game when I was younger I used to play it but I was no good so 
Yeah, incredible. Since uh, this incident happened to you back in 2019, we did that feature in 2020. What's the response been like? Are people still reaching out to you to check on you to see how you're doing and want to have an update on on your on your status? I mean, people still have. I've even started my own started my own support group mm-hmm. where after I had my 12 shocks, I just decided, hey, like there's probably people out there like me who need someone to talk to. It's actually on Wednesdays at 630. And I just send the, the Zoom link to everyone and they come in, they talk about like what happened to them. And we basically just try to encourage each other to push through with CPR. That has kind of been on a standstill because of COVID. I had reached out to people from the American Heart Association, but COVID came right along and just swept all of what I was doing right under the rug so when all this is over i'm definitely gonna get back on that i've been doing some private coaching here and that has kind of helped me to just enjoy the sport still i kind of see the kid that i'm coaching right now i kind of see myself in him mm-hmm. where he started he's starting to basically the same age i started he's starting at 14 years old and i just share my story with him just to kind of encourage him to do his best no matter what Like, yes, the workout might be hard, but at the same time, like, think about the long-term goals. I try to help him to set short-term goals, long-term goals, and I try to help him achieve that as best as I can. Yeah, that that is so powerful. And I think as a way of therapy, that's a great way to sort of exercise that those things that you want to do physically, but you're really limited to, but then pour yourself into somebody else. And especially if they're just like an open sponge, really ready to take it in, you can just pour yourself into them. And that's got to be gratifying for both of you. Exactly, exactly. They're always appreciative of like when I come to the workouts, because obviously I try not to drive too much because I don't want to have an arrhythmia while driving. Oh, so yeah. some of the times when I do end up going um, to the workouts, they love that. And I actually love it as well because I can see what he's doing and like mm-hmm. tell him, hey, pick it up a little bit or slow it down or you're doing a good job. Like, and just uh, try to encourage him as much as possible. And I realize I actually do love that. Like even right now, I'm thinking if I'm going to start coaching, I want to start at like maybe the high school level where these kids are just coming into high school they want to get somewhere. I want to help them get somewhere. I realize that I love working with kids. And this is all just from my coach in Virginia recommending me down here to the kid's dad. And that has helped me a lot to realize a lot about myself as well. Like all of a sudden I'm realizing that I love working with kids. It's not just, there's a, there's a satisfaction to it. You see yourself in them. You were at that stage at one point, so it's up to you as a mentor to guide them through that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we we reconnected a few days ago, and you you didn't know it, but probably late last year, I'd received a, an email about uh, an awards uh, ceremony, awards program that you could send in, you know, features, uh, different, there were multiple categories. And so I sent in our feature on on your situation, the story that people hopefully have watched and so that they could evaluate it and put in a particular category. And this went back and forth for about, I don't know, four months, you know, and it was really something. And uh, that was the AIPS Sports Media Awards. And AIPS is an organization that that is media related. A guy by the name of Gianni Merlo, who was a longtime Italian journalist, a writer. I've seen him many times at the Olympics and World Championships. 
uh, writing stories for his Italian papers back home. Uh, he is the president of that organization. And so he told me about AIPS a few years ago and invited me to come to an event at one of the games. And I did that. So that's how it all happened. But then uh, when the feature was done, I wanted to submit it. And so I was so grateful that, uh, first of all, that USA Track and Field commissioned the feature, right? So Max Siegel, who is the CEO of USA Track and Field, was the executive producer. Uh, Adam Schmink, who was the director of broadcasting and events and programming at USA Track and Field, was the producer. Then, of course, we came out and did it. And they were fully supportive. And so I, I submitted that. And then we knew, I knew as of last week that it was going to be in the top 10 in the category that we were submitted in. And then I sent you the the link to be able to join the event join the event because I was hoping we'd be in the top three. I was hoping we'd win, but <laughs> I was hoping we'd be in the top three. Same. Yeah, and and uh, we finished second. So I thought that was great, and I, I loved seeing your face when you saw you heard the name of it and that we had finished second. What did you think when you heard that that your story was second place in this big international feature competition? I, mean, I was very pleased. We like so my wife is she always she's always more keen on researching things than I am. When you sent me the link and said, hey, like we're in this awards, like come and join us and see what it's like. She went ahead and started looking up everything about this <laughs> award, everything. So she went ahead and then she's like looking how much people participated in like athletes profile. That's the award that we were in. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it was a, like, almost a thousand people here. So was it that many? That's what she said. That's what oh, she wow. said. Oh wow. I didn't know that. So and then we got top we got top two. Like so I was think, sitting there thinking to myself, like, wow, that must really make I have made an impact on these yes. people. Like obviously it's not something that you see every day. So yes, it's gonna make an impact. But at the same time, like I was so happy when we got mm-hmm. second. I just realized that there's a lot that my story can do. That's right. There's a lot it can change in the sport. Right. For instance, like even up to this day, I still think like most coaches should know CPR because what if one of your athletes goes down? Like you're right. the one who has to be the life support for the athlete until the ambulance gets there. So that's one of the things I, I think. Obviously, that was also one of the things I was going to have the American Heart Association help me with. But as we know, COVID has put a halt on everything. Right. But yeah, with the award, I was very, very pleased. As I said, as you said, I was hoping we'd win, but yeah. the guy who won, that's also incredible. Incredible, right. And yeah. for anybody who wants to see the list of features, all the different categories and see the top three, uh, you need to go to AIPSawards.com, AIPSawards.com. And it's a it's an organization out of, out of Italy, but they handle international media and uh, they do this every year. And it was a very, very well put together virtual awards event, very classy. And th- th- did you see the castle where they had the, uh, they started the event? I did see the castle. Incredible. Yeah, yeah it really was incredible. something else. It was something else. You, you mentioned your story and we need to mention a few names here. People who played a part in you being able to be here today that were just incredible. When we went back to the armory that day last year to do the, to the, do the interview with you. First of all, there's Todd Sinclair. Todd was, you know, you called him your hero, right? Really a good guy. Super yeah, good guy. Yeah. Sent he was the first. Um, Christmas card, I think it was. Oh, he did? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we, we still kind of keep in touch. Yeah, I hope so, because yeah. he's the first guy that came to your rescue, right? He yeah, was I invited who... him to the wedding, but COVID kind of shut that down. So we kind of uh, had to have like one of those smaller weddings. We are going to have, a, I guess, a second wedding once COVID is over or is under control. And he was definitely invited. So it should it, it should be good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're all the way. I mean, 
I would invite you, but you're always all the way in Dallas. Like Todd's like right across the You bridge. don't like, you don't think I'd get on a plane to fly to your wedding? You'd you'd fly to the wedding. One hundred percent. All right, all right. I'll send you the invitation. <laughs> I'll definitely I'm, send you the invitation. I just blew up your list. I mean, you got you, you've already tried to cut out people, and here I am inviting <laughs> myself to you. Wait, no, I will just tell you if you invite me, I'm coming, man. Uh, all right, you know. All right. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. And then there was Dr. Busco who was there kind of overseeing some things, yeah. but you know, I think Todd really played a big role in it. And then it was just, it was just, a, just something. And and you, what you touched on is really important that that feature, you know, being revisited and being seen by, you know, probably thousands of people now because of it being in that competition, it just reaffirms the importance of your story, Kamoy. And I think that's why I stay attached to you because as I was giving some of these examples throughout my career, there are situations of people that you just don't let go of because the impact is so great. And I just personally believe that you have much more to do in terms of impact. And I would love to help you with the American Heart Association because, you know, they probably have a million and one things going on, but they still haven't met you. They don't understand the story. And once they do, I think that they should make you an ambassador that could be someone who is involved with sport from global sport, Olympics, FIFA, everything to be able to inspire athletes, trainers, coaches, facility management, whoever it may be, everybody should be a CPR trained. You know, yeah, after the true. event happened to you, I went and got my CPR training. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I need to go back and get recertified, but I'll blame it on COVID as well. Yeah. And not only know how to do CPR, but also know how to do work, the AED, the defibrillator. And and for those of you who are listening, who are involved in esports, you know, wondering about what's the connection, you know, it, everything that has to be completely connected, but just put these dots together. If you're playing an esports uh, event by yourself or with friends, or you're once COVID ends or you're back in a venue somewhere and there's an there's a an incident, someone has a heart situation, somebody in that room needs to be able to apply CPR until EMS gets there, right? So why not you? So the point of me having Kamoy on is not only just to check in with him and 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 let you hear his story. And also to um, inspire you to go and get CPR certified, as well as learn how to work the defibrillator. No matter where you are, you should know how to do that. And I think everybody in the esports world should know how to save somebody's life. That's why the piece was la la uh, named Gift of Life, because that's what was given to you. Yeah, From uh, Todd on to the, e to, the, uh, to the EMT tech, the young lady, I forget her name, who came. She was just great. And, and yeah, I mean, that's what we want to do, right? That's definitely what we want to do. I think... Even up till this day, my wife knows CPR now because she never know what might happen yeah. with her. I've learned because she has seizures sometimes. I've learned what to do during seizures as well. So it's, it's, you have to kind of think ahead. Yeah. Think that in case something happens to one of your loved ones, what can you do to help? You don't want to be the person sitting on the sideline, like freaking out thinking, oh my God, that's happening to them. Like, I can't do anything about it. And yeah, there are going to be times when you just can't do anything about it because that's just how life is. But the times when you can help, you want to be there to help. You want to be able to help. For instance, like we were, it was sometime last year, we were going to dinner, me and my wife, and we saw these two people crossing the road. It was raining. It was dark. And they decided to run across this huge intersection. Oh, wow. They got hit by, by a car. The guy flew over the top of the car. Oh, my gosh. The girl flew in front of the car. And 
all that was in my head then because I was CPR certified, I ran towards them because I'm realizing that like if this is a moment where I can help, I'm going to help them. Mm. Fortunately, it wasn't that bad where they got because I think the lady might have saw them and slammed on the brake, but it wasn't that bad where they needed CPR, uh, CPR or any of that. Like, but there were chances that they broke like some bones or something. Oh, so my. sure, I went on, called 911 immediately. I wasn't going to be the type of person to sit there in shock because some people sit there in shock. And if you don't tell them like you, you have to point at them and say, you call 911. Right. You want to have the bystander effect going on where everyone thinks someone is calling 911. So I right. called 911. There was another guy who, who called 911. We stayed there with them. It was pouring rain. I had my umbrella. We had her umbrella covering the girl that was on the ground. Like her leg was bleeding and stuff. So as I said, like you never know when you might be able to help someone. And that's right. one of the reasons why I think learning CPR and uh, helps people. That's exactly right. And that's really the the foundational purpose for us to continue to talk about this. So come on, as we wrap it up, I want to say thank you for everything, but I want you to uh, make a promise now to everybody. You can start with yourself and your wife and with me, with everybody else about what esports games you're going to be playing in place of going out and running and mountain biking and all this other crazy stuff that causes you to get shocked by the uh, heart monitor that it's, that's helping to keep you okay. So what, what, what games are you going to be playing today, tomorrow, and not doing all the other crazy stuff that you shouldn't be doing? So today I might just obviously I know later once my wife is done with work I'm going to we're going to be playing Lego Superhero. Very good. Lego Superhero. Yeah, wow, that sounds um, great. I haven't driven in a while so that's something I've been doing. I've been playing a lot of online games. Okay. Like DC Universe online. That's I like that one a lot. And what else have I been playing? Oh, The Ghost of Tsushima. That I've never heard of it, but that sounds good. Phenomenal. I would recommend that game to anybody who has PlayStation right now. Okay. I'd recommend it. It's pretty good. So I've been playing that and that's been helping me to keep my mind off things. And that's been helping me to, to kind of just figure out the next move as well. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm going to make a continued promise to you, my friend, that as we get through this COVID thing, you need to be in partnership with the American Heart Association. And I will do everything I can to help see that that happens because I know how to get in front of a group and talk and explain what's going on. We've got this wonderful feature that tells a story and this needs to continue to move forward so that we can get athletes of all sports, not just track and field, but all sports to be CPR certified, know how to work that AED coaches, make sure facilities have it. And that's the mission. That can be a mission that you can have for many, many years to come and inspire people and encourage them and, and have happened for others. What happened for you? Definitely. A moment that is a gift of life. So, Kamoy, man, it's great to talk to you again. And I'm looking forward to uh, all the great things that are going, happening. And I'm looking forward to uh, the wedding. You know, I, right. I appreciate I appreciate you yeah. letting me barge my way in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lewis. Thanks, man. Thanks for inviting me. This was you got pleasure. it. You got it. And we'll talk again soon. So, listen, I, you, know, you know, sometimes things don't have to be just so obvious and plugged in. You know, we love talking esports. You know that. I love storytelling, but this is an important story. And I hope that you take away from this episode, no matter where you are, that it's important for you to get CPR certified. Okay. If you've thought about it before, get all, get all, get over the fence, go get it. Okay. After I left that venue that night from Kamoy's incident, I knew as I stood there with my clipboard and my microphone, I was working, but also it was very, very obvious to me that I did not know what to do. I did not know what to do. 
And that was a terrible feeling. And I said, I'll never have that feeling again. I want to be prepared in case I am called in a grocery store or anywhere to be able to help somebody on an airplane. And so I know what to do. So I want you all to feel the same way. And I hope that Kamoy's story will inspire you to do that, to go out, get yourself CPR and AED certified, learn how to use that device in case you have to do that. So we can do that and make sure we take care of each other. We're in a particular time in this country and I'm gonna wrap it up with this and I'm trying not to get on my soapbox. All right, but give me a second. We are so divided. We are so polarized and it is so unnecessary. And what I would just inspire all of you to do, and it's something that I learned from growing up as a young kid, and it's the way I was raised, it's the way we've raised our sons, it's the way I've operated in my career. And on the platform of the Olympic Games, where the world comes together, not as particular people from a certain country per se, but we're there to celebrate what? Humanity. We're there to celebrate humanity. Okay. And we need to get back to that. And I'm inspiring and I'm imploring all of you to get back to that. Sport is one of the most beautiful ways to get back to humanity. I cannot wait until we get to the Tokyo Games. I think there's going to be an explosion of performances that we've never seen before because people have waited a year to be able to get back to that stage. We've been through so much, so much sickness, loss, death, and people losing businesses or what have you. And so in this country in America, I just hope that people at some point will lift their eyes, look beyond the D. Look beyond the R, look beyond the A as American, and look to the H, humanity. Humanity, people. Look across and see your fellow human being. And that's exactly why you should walk into a Red Cross office or wherever it may be and learn how to give CPR and learn how to use the AED. Because it won't matter what their political persuasion is, what color they are, it won't matter, any of that won't matter. If someone needs help, don't you want to be there and be ready to give it to them? That's why Kamoy Campbell was here today with us, because somebody gave him aid immediately. They knew what to do, and we want you to do the same. So with that, that message works across every platform, including esports. All right. And that's what I hope you guys got today. So I just want to thank all of you guys once again for listening in. And I hope that you were inspired by Kamoy's story. Again, if you didn't get to see the piece that we're so proud of, go to USATF, USA Track and Field, USATF.org. Slide down to almost the bottom of the splash page and look for the young man, Kamoy Campbell, kind of looking to the right. That's the feature. Hit the button and watch it, and then you'll be able to see what he did. And I got to tell you, there's nothing like trying to wrap up a show when guys are uh, blowing off your yard as they just cut it in the front, but it is what it is. Um, again, All In With Esports is uh, a show that I'm so proud of, and I'm just so proud of all of our team, everybody that's helping us out with that. Esportsfuturai.com, of course, on Twitter, Facebook. I always have to give a big shout out to Aaron, CJ, AJ, I'm sorry, Innovation Media Enterprises. I got you, AJ. I got it right, okay? And uh, they do a great job, of course, of taking in these uh, shows and editing them and posting them for you to enjoy. Don't forget to listen to some of our other podcasts. Uh, They're just great. Rebecca Langawa, The Future of Marketing and Esports. John Davidson, The DLC Drop Podcast. He is so sharp. Dr. Mark's Masterclass. He's also in Florida, hosted by Dr. Mark Williams. He's got, got it on lockdown there. And uh, in addition, we also have our Esports Easing podcast hosted by our Esports Future Eye Editor-in-Chief, Ms. Chantel Boucher. I keep teasing it, but we're working on a new show. It's going to be the two of us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking back, looking forward, a little mukbang, little food. We're going to have some great times with that. And of course, all of us will be right here talking about esports every day, every week. So if you're looking for one spot to find all these shows in one place, that will be esportsfpn.com. All right. Much more original programming coming across our entire network, and we just hope that you enjoy all of it. Thanks, you guys, so much for being with me today. Hope you've been inspired, 
And as always, let's talk again soon right here on All In with Esports. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for listening to All In With Esports. Now, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel. And we would love to hear from you about this or any other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network. 